yeah, I had no doubt in the play. Uh, uh, I had zero doubt on the play, and uh, uh, he likes that left corner three, so we tried to set that up for him. Uh, it's my job to believe in those kids. I might coach them hard and challenge them and, uh, and yell a little bit too much for the liking of some people, but at the end of the day, I instill confidence in, in people. That's what I believe in. Welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. This coming to you a day after South Carolina knocks off Georgia in overtime. We'll hear from Frank Martin a little bit later and get into exactly what this win means for the Gamecocks. Now, they did take a couple of consecutive losses before this, so don't panic, but the net rankings are out now. And so after the Gamecocks knock off Georgia in overtime last night, it's a funny thing. South Carolina actually dropped in the net rankings. So the Gamecocks get their eighth consecutive win over the Dogs, and then South Carolina actually slips a spot in the net back to 64. But look, all of this with the net rankings and the bubble watch, it doesn't take place in a vacuum. So other teams are moving and dipping and rising and sliding all over the place. And as Frank Martin continues to point out for the Gamecocks now, it's all about stacking up wins. 17 and 11 with three games remaining. His squad can get to 20 and 11 and 12 and 6 in conference. I think that would absolutely do it. But what about 19 and 12 and 11 and 7? So that would be 2 and 1 down the stretch. Is that enough? And then there's the SEC tournament to consider. Would a 13th loss that comes in tournament play be too much to overcome? So if they took two more losses, personally, I just think they need 20 wins. I think that, you know, looking at the landscape of college basketball and examining that bubble, I really think South Carolina would be hard to turn down with 20 wins, however they come. Uh, with 17 now, they could get two in the regular season, one more. So that would mean, you know, two losses, one in the tournament, one in the regular season at 20 and 13. And then, of course, in the regular season, they would be 11 and 7 in the SEC, and then they would have to get another win. So 12 and then loss, so 12 and 8 against SEC competition and 20 wins. I think that's enough. That net ranking would be somewhere in the 50s. And I just think they need 20 wins. I, I think that's a, a bar that's achievable. And I think it's uh, it's a mark that has been oftentimes a hallmark of teams. We all know this, that make the NCAA tournament, especially since it expanded to 60 eight teams. Now, the net rankings aren't doing them any favors right now, and historically, the committee has been more likely to leave good South Carolina teams home than elevate mediocre ones in the field. So, you don't want to leave any margin for the committee to tell you no, and I think 20 wins is the key, and a big step last night. Alonzo Frank had a big game. A.J. Lawson did not have a good game, but he hit a couple of big shots, and South Carolina dominated in the paint. And we'll get back to South Carolina's win over Georgia coming up in our next segment because we're going to clip out some of what Frank Martin had to say and how South Carolina was able to do what they did. And he takes us inside some of those big play scenarios, end of game scenarios, end of regulation, end of overtime. Why Mike, Mike Coates are, why he thinks Mike Coates are is the best defender in the SEC. And we'll hear all of that from Frank Martin coming up in our next segment here on Locked on Gamecocks. But 
We would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about football after the first day of spring practice. Uh, so we'll just talk about some of the key players, especially the newcomers. Uh, all the reports and looks about running back Marshawn Lloyd have been positive. Well, so what does that mean? Kind of your initial impression of Marshawn Lloyd just physically. Well, that doesn't mean much, but it's good to know that a player like Lloyd that so much is really expected of so quickly because South Carolina under Mike Mobo needs to come out and run the football. And after having lost Rico Dowdle and Tavian Feaster, it's good to know Marshawn Lloyd at least, at least looks the part and he's physically ready for college football. Now, is he SEC ready? That we'll have to see. But I'm excited about, you know, the more and more we see of Marshawn Lloyd, whether or not he rises to the top of that depth chart as the number one running back option for South Carolina. That's absolutely fascinating. Also, Luke Doty looks the part. Um, and Doty, by all reports, threw the ball really well, just uh, just tossing it around in drills, but he's overcoming a hand injury uh, he dealt with at Myrtle Beach High School in his senior season. So the fact that he looks good, and he looks strong, man. Um, now, he hasn't been able to go at it in the weight room. That was expected, you know, upper body-wise because of your hands. Anybody that's ever had a hand injury, I remember having a broken hand. That's it for the dumbbells and barbells for a while. You know, no gripping. But he did put some weight back on, and he looks great. Uh, big pins, man. Big legs. Big, strong legs. Uh, and you could see those. And that's that's a good sign for being physically ready to play uh, the quarterback position and take the hits. <laughs> you know South Carolina quarterbacks take. Um, they've all been hitting the chin. You know, Stephen Garcia, Jake Bentley, uh, Ryan Helensky last year, they've taken some vicious hits. I wouldn't want to see that YouTube highlight video of Gamecock quarterbacks being lit up over the last decade plus. But, uh, you know, if you follow recruiting and the development of the strength programs in high schools now, it's no surprise that players like Doty and Marshawn Lloyd are just ready to go physically. Uh, you know, they're still high school age. You know, these are early enrollees in Doty and Marshawn Lloyd, and it's just becoming commonplace in college football. And the larger schools, and, and Doty was at a great program in Myrtle Beach, uh, in Myrtle Beach High School with the Seahawks. Great program there, and he's physically ready, and that's no surprise. You're seeing that more and more with these larger South Carolina high schools where the, the strength and conditioning is such a priority. And the kids are more physically prepared than ever. And Doty and Marshawn Lloyd are two of them. Um, so Doty looking like a running back kind of on the lower half. And take that for what it's worth. Uh, maybe he's just got strong legs, big-legged kid. Maybe that's it. It's something I didn't notice in his high school uh, days, but I did notice now. Uh, maybe he's just been, you know, with his hand injury, just squatting a lot, uh, trying to keep the weight up that way. But uh, either way, he looks good, looks strong. So does Marshawn Lloyd. And Ortray Smith wasn't in a yellow jersey, the wide receiver. Um, and it, that, was just, that was just great to see. Just exciting to think about Ortray Smith, what he could be this season. He just continues to battle injuries or has battled injuries throughout his career there in Columbia. But if, if Mike Bobo can get what I expect out of Shai Smith and then Ortray bounces back to form, you know, from the expectations we all had for him after his freshman season, the Gamecocks will have absolutely what they need at that position. A physical presence in Ortray, capable of making some of the grabs in traffic, you know, to replace what Brian Edwards was bringing to the table a season ago. And then in Shai Smith, playmaker. 
He will command double teams in key situations. Shai Smith, maybe he won't be Pharaoh Cooper. Maybe he won't be Debo Samuel. But he's close. And he will be a playmaker this season for South Carolina. And with the new formations that you're going to see under Bobo, with more tight ends, more H-backs involved, you won't need as many receivers on the field. You won't need as much depth at that position. So, Ortre Smith, key piece there. And we'll continue to update you on his progress uh, if he's starting to live up to that billing he had coming out of high school. And uh, and I think we all know what Shai Smith is going to give you uh, out of Union County. Shai Smith's exciting, and we'll see which one of these quarterbacks, whether it's Doty, whether it's Ryan Helensky, or eventually Colin Hill when he gets healthy and uh, takes part in summer camp and into fall practice, which one of these quarterbacks clicks with Shai Smith and which one of these quarterbacks picks up Mike Bobo's system most quickly because Ryan Helensky obviously inside track being the starter a season ago but now new verbiage new concepts under Mike Bobo so maybe Luke Doty is going to be right there in the competition with Mike Bobo and of course Colin Hill will hit the ground running whenever he comes back from his most recent ACL injury but that's your little spring practice primer okay just whet your appetite a little bit there for spring practice what's happening in football but we still have baseball and basketball to cover and when we come back we'll talk about last night's overtime victory and hear from Frank Martin that's coming up on the other side this is Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Frank Martin and the Gamecocks coming off their 17th victory 17 wins now. That guarantees South Carolina will have another winning record. So great consistency there from Frank Martin. I know Gamecock fans want to see some higher highs from this team uh, because they have missed the tournament the last couple of years. But this team still has a chance, and they are doing it by hook and crook. They are doing it with defense. And last night they were able to dominate Georgia in the paint, scoring 54 Points in the painted area. A lot of that from Alonzo Frank with a career high 22. Jalen McCreary gets in on the act as well. And then the guards stepped up late in the game. We'll hear Frank Martin talk about that. But first, let's hear what Frank had to say about what this win meant. Why this is such a big win and how tough it was to overcome the greatness of Georgia forward Anthony Edwards. That's a good win. That's, I'm, I'm you know, it's uh that's a real good win. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, I said it when we beat them down there. We got lucky early in the game against them. They just missed some shots. And we were able to create separation. But then from that point forward, it was a back and forth game the rest of the way. And uh, we could never get that separation today. And, um, and uh, you know, he, he uh, Tom, they, they play uh, basically five guards because uh, Rayshon Hammonds was their starting small forward for two years. Now he's their starting center. Uh, and they, they create a lot of stress on our team. Uh, that's, that's why not having Jalen last week was such a big hit for our basketball team, because um, he, he gives you a certain toughness and aggression at the rim 
but he also gives you the ability uh, to to defend on the perimeter if need be. And um, but uh, really happy with our guys. Uh, for us to made the we we played really hard on defense, but made some really bad mistakes defensively. And then give them credit. They they made shots, and obviously Anthony Edwards wasn't having it today. And uh, I think all our fans got to see just why he's going to be the first pick of the draft. And you're right, Coach. Anthony Edwards going to probably be the top pick. 36 points for Edwards. He was the SEC Freshman of the Week. He's done that three times. Just simply, and he'll be all-conference, just one of the best players South Carolina faces, and they've done it twice. Uh, They were able to limit him the first time, I think, to 18 points, but Edwards was having his way with South Carolina. But fortunately, South Carolina never blinked, never backed down, and they had athletic players too, like Keyshawn Bryant out there making plays. And Mike Kotsar taking a charge with less than two seconds left. And here's Frank Martin on Mike Kotsar making that play at the end of the game and just giving us further evidence that Kotsar, now in his senior season, is the best defender in the SEC. After my halftime conversation with him, I don't think he's asking me out for dinner anytime soon. Um, and, uh, and he responded. He came out, had a monster second half. Um, and uh, that's, why, that's why when you go through the battles with players, um, you, you, you can't be scared to coach them. And because uh, when you go through it, they know, they know what it's about. They know what time of year it is. And, and he responded and took ownership and didn't run away from it. And, uh, and then we made a bad, Jair and TJ Moss made a bad defensive mistake. Um, and then Mike, uh, bailed both of them out and redeemed himself with that charge play. That's uh, that's that's why I tell you know I'm 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 not, I'm not I think you guys have figured me out. I'm not a very good. Uh, I promote our team. I don't promote individuals. Um, but anyone wants to argue with me that he's the best defender in the league, uh, I'd be willing to sit down and have that debate any day of the week. So you can hear Coach Martin all at once. He gets frustrated, but then he praises a player. I think that pretty much crystallizes his coaching style. Um, it's like he hugs players and screams in their ear all at the same time. Now, we talked about at the outset of this podcast, South Carolina's chances of making the NCAA tournament, what I think they need to do. Dr. Rick Sanford thought South Carolina needed to or needs to win out, thinks they complete. They need to win out. I think 20 wins will do it, and that, that could be 2-1. and one. i tell you what, I think it would really help South Carolina if they could avenge that loss to Mississippi State. Mississippi State right now uh, looking like they're solidly in the field of 68. And we're going to hear something we don't often hear from Frank Martin, a little politicking as he talks about the bubble, what it's made of. Um, and so Frank, Having a little fun here, but at the same time, I think his point that uh, that he's trying to make is South Carolina, when you stack their resume up, if they can get to 1920 wins, that their resume is going to look as good or better than the rest of these teams that come up in these bubble watches and bracketology final four in first four out lists. Here's Frank Martin doing something we don't often hear. He's politicking to the committee. Listen, I, I don't know what the bubble is. I don't. I, I really got no idea who's on the bubble, who's close to the bubble, who's around the bubble, who's being drowned by the bubble. I, 
I, I don't. I, I got no idea the bubble gets deflated, inflated, if it's got helium or it's got my bad breath in it. I got no idea. Okay. Uh, what I can tell you is this: whoever this bubble, the teams that whoever whoever they put on this bubble, I'm willing to bet every one of them has a bad loss. Okay. So then that Knicks is our bad loss. Okay. I'm willing to bet that we've got more quality wins than 99% of the teams on the whatever bubble. So we just got to keep winning. That's we, we can't worry about quality wins. We've got quality wins. We, we're in the SEC. There's three more quality wins in front of us. Uh, this gives us win number 17. You know what this guarantees? Yeah. You told me it was the last time this school had five consecutive non-losing seasons. You know, this guarantees at least 500 in league play. I mean, it's, it guarantees a lot of stuff, but that's, we don't practice for that. We practice to win the next game on the schedule. And, um, you know, now we got to go to Alabama. We got to play better than we played today. But we got to, we, we, we got to play with that same desire, uh, the, the, the same fervor. And, you know, so th this will be my guess. If we can figure out a way to kick a field goal, Phil, and beat Alabama by one, then everyone's going to say, oh, they're in. If that's what happens, let's stop the season. I'll take it. <laughs> and finally, here's a question all Gamecock fans wanted answered as they were watching the game last night. A.J. Lawson was struggling. I mean, really struggling. Scuffling along, uh, not even close, not shooting the ball well, not even really part of the offense for the most part in the game. But then Frank Martin calls his number when South Carolina is down three near the end of regulation in the final minutes, he runs a play to go to A.J. Lawson after he had been subpar or worse all night long. Uh, I had zero dot on the play, and uh, uh, he likes that left corner three, so we tried to set that up for him. Uh, give Mike credit. He set a great screen, and Jermaine makes a great pass. Uh, he's... Uh, it, the end of the day, when it comes to shooting threes, him and Jair, those are the two guys we got to get shots. Uh, I, I, I deserve to get called into the office and dismissed immediately if I start doubting in a player halfway through a game that, that's played force for two years. He's got to know that I believe in him, especially when the ball ain't going in the basket for him. And um, that was that was actually a, a big, big play. Uh, so it's I'm proud because Two months ago, that's something we put in practice yesterday because of their switching. Two months ago, we had zero chance to execute a play. Now we're, you know, we, we made a bad mistake in that last defensive possession where Mike takes a charge, like a really bad mistake. I'm, I'm still floored by it. Um, uh, but, you know, that was, that was real good execution. And uh, uh, it's my job to believe in those kids. I might coach them hard and challenge them and, uh, and yell a little bit too much for the liking of some people, but at the end of the day, I instill confidence in, in people. That's what I believe in. So that's it. The Gamecocks get their eighth straight win over Georgia, and Frank Martin, what he does, he does believe in his players. And so far this season, they have come up big when they have had to, and they have themselves in a position, perhaps, to earn an NCAA tournament berth. But it's not over. Alabama, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt yet to go, and South Carolina has to do it the next time on the road. They go to Tuscaloosa this Saturday. How appropriate, playing a football school on a Saturday. 
But Alabama on the outside looking in in terms of the NCAA tournament, South Carolina needs it. That's the next game. It's coming up this weekend. And Frank Martin and his team are playing really well. They're locked in defensively. But they've got to shoot better from the foul line. Still at 62, 62% for last night's game. Around 61.5-62% overall for the season. They've got to get the right players to the line. Uh, especially toward the end of the game, and they've got to knock down their foul shots so they don't put themselves in the position they were in last night where they had outplayed Georgia almost all night long, but it goes to overtime because they did not make them pay from the charity stripe. So can South Carolina pull this off and get back to the NCAA tournament? Every game is like a must-win. It's near must-win at this point. They have another one this weekend against Alabama. And, of course, this weekend is what? The big baseball rivalry series, South Carolina and Clemson. And we had Mark Kingston on Sports Talk last night. So I got to talk a little baseball with Mark Kingston, which I love to do. And there are a couple of questions I told you I was going to ask Mark Kingston the next time I spoke with him. Well, that time was last night, and we've got those answers for you when we come back. What he likes about his team so far, where they've improved since last season, and how he thinks they stack up against Clemson in this weekend's series. That happens when we come back. This is your team every day. It's the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more, and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So South Carolina gets the big win on the hardwood at Colonial Life Arena, but now back on the road. Well, the baseball team is 6-2, and and I had the pleasure to talk with Mark Kingston last night and went through a few things, and we're going to hear some clips of Mark Kingston talking uh, from the interview on Sports Talk, and we'll start with what has Mark Kingston seen from this team and what does he like about them right now over this 6-2 and two start rolling into the Clemson series because he aired some frustration to us in the media after losing to Northwestern Friday, losing to Northwestern Sunday. Can't do those things. But now, just like most coaches, he can take a step back and look at who the Gamecocks are and how they performed over the first eight games as a whole and where they're headed. Well, our starting pitching has been tremendous. Uh, for the most part, uh, our offense is, is improved. Our strikeouts are way down. We, we're more athletic where we can steal more bases. Uh, we're taking much better at bats with runners in scoring position. We're hitting over 340 as a team with runners in scoring position. Uh, our defense is improved and more athletic. So just at this point, I'm, just, I'm, I'm pleased that every area has improved. Now, a key player for this team this season is going to be Noah Campbell. And Noah Campbell hitting almost 400 right now. And everybody really likes his approach. Had such a good season in the Cape Cod League last year. And then heading into the season, everybody thought that Noah Campbell was going to be the offensive juggernaut for this team. Just a spark plug that led South Carolina offensively. It didn't happen. He struggled from the outside, got uh, outset got in his head, and Noah Campbell really never got untracked last season. He had some good games, some good weeks, but was unable to put together really a good month. Well, he started off really well this season, and a lot of it seems to have to do with approach. And that's what Mark Kingston likes so much about the Noah Campbell we've seen in 2020. 
Yeah, he's he's a guy we need to, to be getting on base, setting the table for those guys in the middle of the order. And as you mentioned, he's had you know some ups and downs throughout his career, but I think he's settled into knowing exactly what he needs to be uh, for himself, but also for our team. And he's just spraying the ball around. He's not trying to do too much. He's taking his walks when they're there. Uh, he's kept his strikeouts low for the most part. So uh, he's, he needs to be a table setter for us, no question. Well, any conversation about the Gamecocks and where they're headed this season, whether it's a regional, super regional, or even the College World Series, it begins and ends with Carmen Majinski's effectiveness. So here's Mark Kingston and what he's seen out of Majinski this year. Just the ace to this pitching staff that was missing for almost all of last season. Where is Carmen Majinski right now in his headspace? What is his effectiveness like? We know he's got great stuff, and we know the numbers have been there. What does he love right now about Carmen Majinski and where's his velocity sitting? Because he's such a power arm and sitting in, you know, either in the press box or in the stands. We're, we're watching Carmen Majinski throw thinking, man, it looks like he's throwing harder than last season. Well, Coach Kingston gives us some details on that velocity. He's been everything that, that we hoped he would be so far. Uh, he's come so far in the last couple of years. He's bigger, stronger, stuff is better, more mature. He enjoys the game. So he's, he's what you need on a Friday night, setting the tone. So... I think he's always of the mindset that he can get better, um, but so far he's been pretty good. He's been as high as 97, 98. And, you know, it's, it's not that he's that in the sixth or seventh inning. Uh, by the sixth or seventh, he's more in that 94, 95 range, but he's been as high as 97, 98. Now, a big question heading into the Clemson series is how South Carolina is going to handle this bullpen because it struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season. But, you know, a lot of that, it's – bullpen kind of the catch-all term it's all those arms out there waiting to come in to follow uh your Carmen Majinskis and Brett Carey's but it may just have to be that South Carolina has to find the right guys for the right situation so here's Kingston on how he's going to handle that bullpen and then he'll roll into what the improved athleticism on this club is going to do for this team over the long term and then we talk about hunting fastballs because it's something coach Kingston talks often about about the hitting success for this team is about getting an advantaged counts, hunting fastballs, and then making the opposition pay when you get a fastball. And here's Mark Kingston on how he also sees that improving as the season moves forward. And, of course, it's baseball, man. Just as the club sees more live pitching, you're going to be better hitters. Well, Danny Lloyd is, is kind of our the guy we are naming our closer right now, but he's got plenty of help back there. He'll continue to have plenty of help, and there's multiple guys that I feel like if, if we need to can close the game out. Uh, last night, T.J. Shook was tremendous. Two innings, five strikeouts, and made it look real easy. On the season, out of the bullpen, he's, been, he's pitched four innings, has given up no hits, no runs, no walks, and ten strikeouts. So that's been a, a really big development for us is, you know, he was a guy that was a weekend starter. Now we can use him in short bursts. Uh, and that's, that's an indication that our pitching staff is much better. Cam Tringali, another guy that was a weekend starter for us last year, we're having a hard time finding innings for him mm-hmm. um, because of the new pitching depth. So, you know, just I think it's an overall, overall improvement of that pitching staff. Coach, I really enjoyed hearing you talk about the athleticism. And maybe you can go into that a little bit more about 
you know, maybe we don't see it over eight games, but over 56 games, the improved athleticism on this team may be leading to an extra base going first to third or a ball's cut off in the gap somewhere in a weekend that saves a run somewhere. Can you talk about maybe targeting that in in recruiting or, or how you think that plays out over the course of the year? Yeah, athleticism has to be recruited. Um, so we, we've put a big emphasis on trying to recruit good athletes uh, because good athletes help you on offense and defense. If a guy can run, it helps you offensively because he, he can steal bases. He can go first to third. He can score from first on a double. Um, but it also helps you defensively because now you shrink the field because you cover more ground. So, you know, speed is something that helps you on both sides of the ball, uh, and that's something we'll continue to target. You still need to have your big boppers, um, but athleticism, especially up the middle of the field, and I think we've got a chance to be as good as anybody up the middle especially when we play Noah Myers out there in center, and then you combine that with Khalil and Wimmer in the middle infield, got a chance to be as good as anybody in terms of having as much range as anybody and, and really good hands there in the middle. Uh, Coach, you mentioned after one of the Northwestern games that you felt like your guys, even when they had advantages in the count, they, they weren't squaring up the fastball. And, and I, I just wonder, you saw them perform again. It seemed like they were doing that against North Florida. So is that behind you? Did they need to see more, more just more live pitching, or is that something that, that you're still focusing on in practice? Well, it's always getting on a good fastball is always the key to hitting. Um, and it's we got on the machines today facing 90-plus, but – Part of it is like what you just mentioned. The guys just need to get it back. Uh, spring training for major league hitters is four to six weeks where they're trying to get their timing. You know, our guys are still only 20 back, back into the season. So um, that that comes with, with the timing, and it also comes with how you're able to train. This is first time in about two weeks we were able to get out on the field for an actual practice because of the weather. So we're able to get on those machines and crank it up and let them really start to time those fastballs. And finally, Here's Mark Kingston previewing Clemson. I mean, how do you scratch out runs against that staff? Right now, that Clemson pitching staff is at 1.23 uh, team ERA. Uh, they power arms as well all over the place, including the Friday starter, Sam Weatherly. Well, I think it starts with for them on the mound. Uh, their pitching stats are very impressive, they, and they're very deep, so – We've heard a lot about their arms. I think their offense is, is you know, something that they're working on right now, and, and their defense, I think, is, has been solid. Um, so with them, it's, it's, our goal is we've got to figure out how to try to score runs against their pitching, which is, which is a very good quality. So that'll be the key for us. And, you know, I think our pitchers will, will do their job. I think we'll play good defense. And so it's a matter of uh, we've got to figure out ways to score runs against their very good pitchers.